When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to the 200th episode of Story Story Podcast. I'm your celebratory host, Isabel Hauser, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Perhaps you remember my true fairy tale in episode Stories for the Solstice on December 16th last year, in which I encountered the whimsical winter elf who told me all about how our magical winter landscape comes to be. After meeting that elf and the autumn elf a few months before, I was trusting my lucky stars that I would cross paths with the spring elf too. And this prospect only added to the unbounding joy that is the arrival of springtime for me. To tell you the truth, I had been on the lookout for the elves from the first time I saw a snowdrop peek through the ground between patches of snow. Just a few days ago, I came home, laden with grocery bags and tired from a day's work. There is an arrowwood tree by our door, and I caught its sweet scent just as I put down the bags and rummaged for my keys. The scent was so sweet, and the blossoms were so pretty that I went closer and admired the cotton candy bloom, leaned in, closed my eyes, inhaled deeply, and caught such a strong whiff that it made me sneeze. That had never happened before and certainly wasn't supposed to. When I opened my eyes, I looked into a pair of eyes widened with astonishment. The elf those leaf-green, golden-flecked eyes belonged to was so surprised that it almost dropped the aerosol bottle it was holding. I'm sorry, it whispered. I was so immersed in my work that I didn't see your nose there. <laughs> and I didn't see you either, I said, taking in the little creature, perfectly camouflaged in the tree with its leaf-green dress and pink hat, which sat on its head like a blossom turned upside down. Are you a spring elf? I ventured, and almost clapped my hands with delight as the creature nodded. I have been looking forward to meeting you all winter, I said, and I have been trying to spot signs of you ever since I saw the first snowdrop. The elf gave me a beaming smile. This special episode calls for a special set of stories, and I'm delighted to tell you that we have put together a colorful spring bouquet of four short stories for you. The first teller is Jane Dorfman. Jane tells tales of dutiful daughters and wise women, faithful sons and wicked kings, of magic skipping ropes and Irish heroes. She tells stories for children and adults alike, at festivals and in libraries and in the school, saying that the world has an amazing heritage of stories and she wants to pass them on. 
On this episode, she shares the tale of the grief. After that, you'll hear Priscilla Howe. Priscilla is a storyteller from Kansas who, according to one of her listeners, quietly but firmly conquers her audience's heart. She has been telling stories for many years in 14 countries and four continents. On this episode, you can enjoy her tale, A Cat is a Cat. There was once a farmer who needed someone to manage his farm. And in those days, that person was called a grieve. And a man came to the farm, but the farmer didn't know him. And he said, why should I hire you? Well, said the man, I can sleep when the wind blows. And I can keep your children from the fire. And I can show you who your true friends are. So the farmer and his wife put their heads together and they agreed to hire the stranger. Not long after, a terrible wind came up and the farmer ran to the window and he wondered where his grieve was and his grieve was asleep in bed. And the next morning, the farmer, fearing the worst, went all around the farm, but everything had been so well taken care of. The sheep in the barn, the chickens in the coop, all the doors and hatches battened down that there was no damage. And the grieve also kept such a good supply of wood that all that winter the fire was built up warm and hot and no child need approach it too closely to get warm. And then for the third thing, and the farmer was now amazed with this man and he wondered how he would show him who his true friends were. And time came for the harvest feast and the grieve went into town to invite people. And he told everyone that because of the wind, it would be a poor feast. There wouldn't be much food. There would be hardly any drink because the crops had been bad and all. Everything had been battered by the wind. So the night of the feast came and the tables were laden with all the bounty of the farm. But few people arrived. And the farmer said to the grave, did you not invite the town? Yes, said the grave, but these are your true friends. They come from loyalty and friendship and not because they expect a fine feast or much to drink. They come out of true friendship. And the farmer kept the grieve on for many years, for indeed he could sleep when the wind blows. He could keep the children from the fire and he could show him who his true friends were. Hi everybody, it's Priscilla with another bedtime story. It's a windy night here and the train is going by and next door there are wind chimes. So you might hear those during the story. Can you hear the train? It's pretty loud tonight. I want to tell you a story from Vietnam called A Cat is a Cat is a Cat. Once there was a man who got himself a little cat. Oh, he loved that cat. He would carry it around and it would purr. Sometimes it sat on his shoulder and it would rub its face on his face. Oh, he loved that little cat. He decided to invite all his friends to a party so he could tell them the name of his new cat. Everyone came. He said, I would like to introduce you all to my new cat. Her name is Heaven, for there's nothing better than Heaven. And everyone said, Heaven, 
Heaven, what a name, heaven. Oh, great, what a nice cat. Everyone said that except for the wise man, who stroked his beard and said, well, heaven is a good name, heaven is a strong name, heaven is an interesting name, but you know, there is something stronger than heaven. Yes, sometimes a, sometimes a, a cloud will cover the face of heaven. Don't you think cloud would be a good name? Cloud is stronger than heaven. Oh, oh yes, yes, you have a point. Well, I am going to name my cat Cloud. Everyone said Cloud, a name for a cat, a good name for a cat, Cloud. Oh, this is a good name. This is an interesting name. It is a strong name. Yes, it is. It is very good. It is very good. But you know, a wind could come and, and blow the cloud away. Perhaps wind is stronger than cloud. Oh, oh, you, yes, yes, uh, wind, wind. I'm going to name my cat Wind. And everyone said, Wind, Wind. An interesting name for a cat. Yes, yes. But that one wise man said, Wind is good, wind is good. But you know you could build a wall to block the wind, and then the, the wall would be stronger than wind. That is the truth, is it not? That is the, the truth. So wall, perhaps, is a stronger name than wind. Wall? You think I should name my cat Wall? Very well, I'll name my cat Wall. Wall, Wall, an interesting name for a cat. Yes, Wall is good, Wall is interesting, Wall is a, yes, Wall is a strong, strong name, but you know, a little mouse might come to the bottom of the wall, and it might just nibble away and nibble away and nibble away, and a crack would form, and then eventually that wall, well, the wall would fall down. Wait, you want me to name my cat Mouse? No, no, uh, perhaps you wouldn't call your cat Mouse. What is stronger than a mouse? Cat! A cat is stronger than a mouse. I am going to name my cat Cat. And everyone said, Cat! What a great name for your cat! Cat! And he did name his cat cat. But sometimes, when no one else was around, he would hold his cat and he would stroke the cat and he would scratch it around the ears and he would talk sweetly to the cat. And whenever he did that, he always called his cat heaven. And that is the story. A cat is a cat is a cat. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Springling Ding Clean by Snow White and Friends. Does your burrow feel like a dwarf's dwelling after a long hibernation? Treat yourself to a spring clean and make it sparkle like Charming's Castle by opening your doors and windows to Springling Ding Clean by Snow White and Friends. Personally trained by Snow White, the animals will flit and skit about your house and make it gleam faster than you can say dustpan and broom. They will reach the furthest corners and deepest crevices and make the best hidden dust modes and most persistent stains disappear in no time. For a mild extra fee, they will tweet, bark, chirp, beep, snuffle and whistle songs you can select from our premium playlist while merrily working away. If you have cats, dogs, guinea pigs, mice, daddy long legs, or any other trustworthy pets yourself, you can also sign them up to one of our classes where we will teach them how to do your chores. 
Let winter's mustiness be swept away in an instant and book your magical cleaning appointment now. Springling ding clean by Snow White and friends, making the fairy tale of cleanliness come true this spring. For this special anniversary episode, I have the pleasure to thank Kathy Carruthers for her generous donation through the website. Kathy is not only a fabulous supporter of the arts, but she also has the magical ability to sprinkle stardust from the tips of her fingers and toes, leaving behind a trail of glitter and magic wherever she goes. I quite envy her for that. A donation through the website is a wonderful way of supporting our work in spreading the magic of storytelling. Another way of showing your support is by becoming a patron. And you not only get our best wishes for your own happy ever after, no, there are several goodies waiting for you. All patrons, from the Magic Beans to the Seven League Boots, get a story story postcard four times a year. The postcards feature one of the delightful fairy tale sponsor images. Would you like to get a postcard from the podcast? If you sign up as a patron at any level, you will get one in the mail soon, wherever you are in the world. Become a patron by going to patreon.com forward slash story story podcast or story story podcast.com. One reason we have reached 200 episodes is the support of our patrons. So a huge and massive thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. You are the fresh strawberry jam and cream on our homemade scones. The elf gave me a beaming smile and wanted to know what signs I possibly spotted. Well, I said, there was one time I heard the snowdrop sing, and I wondered if you had something to do with that. The elf clapped its hand. We do indeed, and as a matter of fact, it was my ancestors who gave the snowdrops their song. It proceeded to explain to me how every flower and every tree has a special song to come to life and make the juices flow after the long winter, and those songs were given to them by the spring elves. I understood that just like we, as humans, have our family crests to mark our heritage, the spring elves have songs they share with the plants. This made me think, though, if... Your family song is for the snowdrops, I asked. How come you're here spritzing scents onto the arrowwood? The elf crinkled its snub nose. Well, the music is our heritage, but we still have our assigned tasks, it explained. I am a perfumer, but then we also have the blossom painters. They are very busy these days, what with the daffodils, primroses, crocuses, bluebells, daisies and whatnot shooting up left, right and center. So the blossom painters, the wake-up callers... Wake-up callers? What's that? I asked. Well, they wake up all the animals who have gone into hibernation. You know, sometimes their burrows are so tucked away that they don't realize when spring is here and we have to wake them up. And then there are those who build signposts and put out snacks for the migrating birds. And those few who are very good with the birds get selected to lead the morning choir practice. Huh, the birds are quite a handful to work with, you know, the elf added and rolled its eyes. Of course, I 
didn't know that, and I was fascinated by every bit of information the spring elf revealed, but I could tell it was itching to go back to work. Surely there were still many blooms to be scented. And so I'm curious, I asked as a last question, is there also a summer elf? The elf's eyes widened almost reverently and it nodded. Oh yes, yes, there is, the elf said, and they are special, perhaps the most special of us all. And with that, it gave me a nod and vanished in the thick of the branches. Well, I can't wait to meet the summer elf too. And in the meantime, I plan on enjoying spring to the fullest and appreciate the spring elf's contribution to its magic with every breath I take. For the second set of stories, you'll first hear Californian storyteller Catherine Fairley. Catherine sadly passed away in October 2019 and is still dearly missed by the storytelling community. She told stories for over 35 years, fusing together culture, dynamic characters and folk to create a change. Lucky for us, she left us a legacy of wonderful recordings, such as the story of the perfect dragon. That story is followed by Lynn Ford, teller of home fried tales. Home fried tales, you ask? These are folktale adaptions, spooky tales and original stories rooted in Lynn's family's multicultural Afro-Latian storytelling tradition. Lynn is not only a storyteller, but a multifaceted artist. She's also a published writer, recording artist and laughter yoga teacher, among other skills. As the last story on this episode, she shares the tale of Pig's Nose. Now there once was an emperor named Wang Lung, which actually means King Dragon. And because he was born in the year of the dragon himself, he loved dragons. He loved dragons of all kinds. And he collected them since he was a little boy. Now he had jade dragons and ivory dragons. He had embroidered dragons on his robes, carved ones on his throne, tapestries of dragons everywhere, and paintings, of course, of dragons. And yet having loved dragons all his life, he had in his head what the perfect dragon should look like. And he could not find a painting of this. Of course, he had all the money he needed. He could have bought anything. And yet he could never find the perfect dragon. He finally, upon ascending the throne, decided that it was time to find this perfect dragon. And now that he had all the power of an emperor, he would commission all the artists to paint him the perfect dragon. Well, artists came from all over China with all different backgrounds, all different skills, and all different types of paintings. And they were nice, beautiful, fine dragons, but they were not his dragon. And so he turned them all down until finally one ragged young fellow came in. Very young, too young to be a good painter, thought the emperor. (laughs) Why, it's barely my age. And yet this young fellow had all the confidence in the world, and he said, Your Majesty, I believe I can paint your dragon, but I need to ask you a few questions first. And so he did. And he questioned the emperor about its color, its size, its expression, its texture, Many, many questions that no one had bothered asking him before, and so the emperor began to have hope. When the young painter had finished asking his questions, he said, Your Majesty, I believe I can paint your dragon. 
but I will need a year. A year, said the emperor. A year? Yes, your majesty. If you want it done right, it will take a year. Very well. But I will wait not one minute more than a year. Yes, your majesty. I will see you in one year. And so the emperor waited impatiently for an entire year. But he had faith in this young fellow. His confidence was so great, and he had asked such intelligent questions that at the end of that year, the emperor was pacing back and forth in his throne room, waiting for the painter to appear. And he soon did. And he had a basket, and it had paper in it. It had ink in it. It had brushes. It had a jar for water. And the young fellow started setting up his paper, but the paper was blank. The emperor was furious. Where's my painting of the dragon? Oh, your majesty, wait, wait. You haven't got my painting. And he started pouring through all the papers and the baskets, and they were all blank. No, your majesty, I haven't painted it yet. I'll have your head for this. You've kept me waiting an entire year, and there's no painting of a dragon. Oh, but your majesty, I have five minutes left. And with that, the young fellow dipped his brush into the inky, inky ink, and he started painting. And with deft strokes that knew exactly where they were going, he painted the emperor's perfect dragon. And at the end of five minutes, it was done, and it was exactly what lived in the emperor's mind all this time. He was thrilled. And at the end, he said, that is it. You have done it. You have done what I asked. But why did you ask for an entire year when it was only going to take you five minutes to paint my dragon? Ah, your majesty, it took me an entire year to learn to paint the dragon in five minutes. Pigs didn't look the way they look now either. You see, in the first days, the pigs, short and kind of stumpy looking, round and kind of chubby looking, had long noses and straight tails. Long noses like elephant. Straight tail like a snake attached to their back. But pigs were greedy even then. See, Papa God was trying to check on all the little critters and he had sprinkled some seed on the ground for the new young birds, helping them learn how to fly from their nests and how to eat those seeds. Well, Pig saw those seeds and he stuck that long nose out and started vacuuming those seeds up just like a vacuum cleaner. Papa God said, boy, you don't need nothing else to eat. You're already nice and round and chubby, and you're taking the food that I put down there for those little birds. And he picked that pig up and set him on a tree stump, told him, you stay there while I finish feeding things. Then Papa God went over to the water, and there were some small fish there, small fish that might not get enough to eat yet if they didn't know where to look for what they needed. So Papa God sprinkled some food on the water for those little fish, and as the fish rose up to get that food, long came that pig. He jumped down off that stump, run over there as quickly as he could, stuck that vacuum cleaner nose down in the water, and... <laughs> 
sucked up all the food Papa God had left for the fish. Papa God said, boy, didn't you hear what I said? You're already nice and chubby and round, and I know you have had your fill of food. Stop being greedy. He picked that pig up, put him back on that stump, said, now stay there while I finish what I'm doing. But no matter what he tried to tell that pig, pig kept eating everybody else's food until finally Papa God picked him up under one big arm and told pig, I got to make a change here. And he grabbed that pig's nose and he twisted that nose and twisted it and twisted it. And then snapped it off. Snap! And then he smacked what was left of that nose so that it was flat. And all Pig could say was, Ow! It hurt so bad that it curled that pig's tail up into the curly tail that pigs wear to this very day. And whenever you hear a pig making that noise and shaking that little curly tail, you know he's remembering how greedy he was in the first days of creation. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Jane Dorfman, Priscilla Howe, Catherine Fairley, and Lynn Ford on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. It is getting warmer outside, the light is getting brighter and shining longer, but most of us are still unable to perform in real life. But we'll still keep on telling stories with online events, which you, yes, you, can hear from the comfort of your own home during an unexpected spring blizzard or cozy evening or bright morning coffee or slice of cake or, or, or. The options are abundant. Go find your favorite tellers on the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. You can connect with the podcast and Rachel Ann on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. And you can find me at IsabelHauser.com. You can see the fairy tale sponsor ads on the Story Story Podcast Instagram and Facebook page. And while you are there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The inspiration for the fairy tale sponsor was my own desire to get a good spring clean, and the inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story I wrote for a previous episode. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear many more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, 
You can even hear the festive music from the 